Hello and welcome to another episode of the Full Force Weekly, brought to you by Generals Joe's Reborn.com with me as your host, Christopher McLeod, aka Diagnostic 80. For today's episode, I'm joined by the awesome Patrick Not Picard Stewart. In this regular video series, we round up all the week's news in the world of G.I. Joe. What is it, Pat? It's the Full Force Weekly. Yes, it is. Uh, do you know what's really funny is I can see Pat when and he can't see me before we go live. And when I put the video on and the music starts going, I can see Pat's head nodding like that. And then I start doing it. And then all of a sudden we, we're on. And I'm, we're all, yeah, it's amazing. Anyway, how are you doing, my good man? Doing okay. You know, it, it's it's life's rough sometimes, but I but I'm holding in. Well, we're here for you, pal. We're gonna we we will help you get through today. Um, anyway, ha- everyone's happy you're back because they were. I was on a what was it? A unboxing this morning for. I've put it away. I have for the Crimson Alley Viper, and everyone was saying, "Is Pat going to be on the weekly this week?" And I'm like, "Yeah, oh, he is." That's so nice. So that's yeah, there you are. There he is. It. See. Um, anyway, there he is. Cool. Oh, ch- ch- show us your shirt. That's pretty awesome. Oh, this thing's awesome and available online now that they've done their inventory. Cold Link sweater. in the description. And it has Tordic. Can you see the Tordic? Yes, brilliant. Yeah, they're all you know f- fun little uh, nods. Like they put Volkuku plant in there. Oh, nice, yeah, nice. Lots of fun stuff. Um, oh, that's great, actually. It's one of the destinations. That's wicked. Yeah. Um, I bet there's like twelve Springfields on there, isn't oh, there? Oh, there's like Melville is in there. There's there's a bunch of stuff. <laughs> nice. In there not nods to things that if you get them, you get them. If not, then look more into it because it's fun. Just Google it. Yeah. Um, loads of people in the chat already. Hello, guys. Hope everyone's having a great uh, Friday so far at 1 p.m. EST on the East Coast. Um, obviously, it's going to be earlier in some places and later in some places. That's how time works. Um, right then. I mean, it's the same time. We're in the same time like arena, yeah. but not in the same time zone. Yeah. That's what I always wondered. If you, you made a time machine and then you went to a different time zone, would you have to account for it? Of course. I suppose that's why you have location and time when you do, is it? Well, um, and your location's going to have to be right because with the Earth traveling around the sun, that oh means that the, the, the time math. of Orion also has to travel through space. Like, it has to. Yeah. I, should we just say it's not going to happen? Yeah, let's just say it's not going to happen. Um, no, oh, Mark says it's 1806 here, the distant future. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, not 1806 the year, I hope, Mark. You know, <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> Maybe he's talking to the distant future, and he was actually in 1806. He constructed himself the internet and sent us a message. Well, thank you, Mark, for doing that. That's hardcore, mate, all the way from 1806. Incredible stuff. Anyway, uh, Leon says, I've already watched this live stream. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. You're all very funny. Right, uh, actually, loads to talk about this week, Pat. Like, absolutely, and well, I did two hours last week, but still, loads to talk about this week. Is there really? Really, trust me, okay. there is. We've got comics news. We've got concept art news, which I still haven't got over the the the, the you know the the find that yeah. we kind of pulled out of the bag. Yeah. Um, we've got classified news. We've got Super Seven news. We've got all sorts of news. You've got swimming in news. It might not feel like a busy week, but there's definitely a lot to get stuck into. And it's all, yeah, it's been great for comics, definitely. But let's let's start, though, with something that kind of dropped 
shortly after I'd done the, like was the, the last weekly. And that is in collaborative news, and I'm not ready to press the video button yet, but I am now. Thanks to listing Savant, JT Prime 17, we have yet another leaked listing to discuss. Yep, it's another Transformers X G.I. Joe collaborative project titled GWiz F9941 for those taking note of the product number for their spreadsheets. I see you homies. Now, we were tipped off by the Sarge himself about this collab during a con in January earlier this year. He let slip that Hasbro were doing a Triple T crossover set with him as a figure. Well, it would appear as though that was exactly the case. And now we have even more information about it. The listing states that it is Sergeant Cup as the Triple T with Sergeant Slaughter and Leatherneck. This is awesome. Starting with the choice of character, I think Cup is a perfect choice here and one that we had suggested as a good option when the news broke back in January. The shape of the vehicle mode for Cup even has that similar vibe as the Triple T and he is a sergeant himself. The old grizzled war hero just makes the most sense and clearly Hasbro thought that as well. Now, as for the inclusion of two figures, this just carries on from the Soundwave Thunder Machine having both Zartan and Zorana in the set and heavily homages the original Triple T box art which saw both characters on the vehicle. Not only is it a great homage, but it also gives us another O-ring figure in Leatherneck that we haven't seen in a very long time. Plus, he's basically Joe Legend Ron Rudat, which is another awesome level to this edition. It will be interesting to see how they approach the colour difference between Cup and the Triple T here. I'm expecting more of a Bumblebee situation where the vehicle white takes over more of the Cup teal and green, but it will be cool to see how he looks when all is said and done. I expect Cup to be a touch larger than Bumblebee, but shorter than Megatron but you never know how that engineering is going to translate when the vehicle mode has to be a certain size to match the original. Either way I am stoked as heck to see this bad boy and cannot wait to see the finished product with I would imagine dope as hell packaging art etc. Yes um, this is a really exciting one I think like since um, the collabs have kicked off it's nice to be getting something I, I say early in the lights like the fourth release and they don't do them a lot but We've had like what this will be the fourth one. Um, it's good to see they're dipping into some quite obscure areas, even though the size, you know, you could argue is still pretty iconic. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, he is an icon. He was one of the ones that that I was kind of hoping that we would see. It's like the O-ring half of this is kind of a little bit bittersweet at this point because it seems yeah. like the rest of the O-ring stuff isn't happening, but it's yeah. It's nice that the Transformers are keeping it around. I did kind of always feel that this line probably should have been, uh, you know, new four-inch GI Joes coming with the new Transformers figures. But I'm not complaining about getting O-rings. <laughs> um, I do kind of wonder how they're going to handle because one of the the, the topics of conversation all the time with the new O-ring figures is the, the engineering and how right. and how that is handled. I don't think that we've gotten a ball neck yet, have we? One of the ones that can do this? I don't think we have. What have we, what have we got so far? We've got uh, Baroness. We've got Stalker. We've got uh, Duke, Cobra Commander, the Trooper, the Officer, Snake Eyes, and Storm Shadow, right? Yeah, they're all left to right neck. So I'll be curious to see how the engineering is, is handled here for Leatherneck. Leatherneck. I like it. Like, this, uh, is that a pun? Yeah. No, uh -uh. that's, that's just <laughs> the name. So I wasn't really thinking about that. Yeah, um, they'll both have that, won't they? Because the Sarge was a uh, a Whibbler. 
you know what? Yeah, that's right. I don't know why I'm not really thinking about this, the fact that the Sarge is that way as well. Um, I'm excited for the Sarge again as well. It's just it's nice that we're still getting Sarge stuff. It, it is, and that I kind of was was worried about whenever we you and I had first heard about this. I thought, well, they they probably need to get it out at the right time because I know contractually that can be hard to get the a, figures out. A lot of people are saying Zorana will be the first test. She should be born. Uh, right? Yes, yeah. that's a good point. So we will see how she is whenever she arrives. Thank you, Tim. And Mark as well. Mark was saying the Thunder Machine is on its way. So you will see Ball next. Then, yes, the Thunder Machine yeah, is on one, its way. One Ball neck. It is on its way. Um, and uh, we'll, well, I was going to talk about it at the end. So I'll talk about it at the end. But yeah, the, yeah, the Thunder Machine sound wave is on its way. Um, right. Uh, yeah, there are more, more things to talk about with this one. Let's talk about the vehicle mode. How mm -hmm. perfect is this? Because I remember when when the Sarge leaked that the Triple T was going to be included with a collab, he didn't say anything about what character was going to be associated. And we would throw out a few names. Cup was definitely one. I think Cup actually was the one that was at the top of the list for me personally. Um, Ironhide was thrown out there. I was going to say Cup and Ironhide seemed to I be think, the front runners. I think Braun was brought up a few times as well in the comments. Yeah, uh, like a little stocky lad, you know that that could that could make sense. What was I mean? Was your was Cup your front runner? No, I was for some reason thinking that Ironhide would make sense. I'm kind of surprised that they they went with an 86 character. To be honest, I kind of expected them to stick straight with 84 as as long as they pretty much could. Yeah, right? we've gotten Optimus Prime, Megatron, Bumblebee, and now Cup, right? Well, the, oh, and Soundwave, Soundwave, yeah. yeah. Uh, no Prime yet, but but there is a cheeky... Yeah, oh, why did I say Optimus Prime? I don't know what I'm thinking. There is, there that's, is not a a, that's not an accidental reveal. We don't know anything about yeah. Prime. There's just a cheeky rumor How is there not there? an Optimus Prime yet? That's the thing, isn't it? What, we're four in now? Like, you'd think like, you'd think, like, Optimus Prime would be soon. But then again, he's massive. Yeah, right. And I kind of want, like, part of me just feels like they should have done this as a has like an Optimus Prime HasLab uh, and, and not Ooh. done it as a G.I. Joe vehicle, just done it as Optimus Prime, but G.I. Joe's fitting him. That'd be wicked, though. That would be yeah. so cool, actually. Um, all in the trailer and everything. Exactly. That's why it would oh. need to be a HasLab because and you'd you have probably to have... Could do that as a release without the trailer, but with the trailer, You'd have to have, you know, yeah. the robot thing that comes out. You'd have to fit a figure in there, mate. Yeah, exactly. And there's like those two stations, and you could have some other details in there. That'd be crazy. That'd be a that wild GI Joe playset. You could double it as like an HQ. Yeah, it could be like, it could be Prime carrying the friggin' GI Joe H headquarters. Oh, yeah, that's true. You could have. And then you know how it folds out? out. HQ. And then, and then like, like let, 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 follow me on this, right? You know how it folds out like that? Yeah. Then the sides could do that, and you'd have like an like almost like a T shape, like yeah. kind of similar to the to the HQ. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, there would be a way of working that out. A lot of times, the, I think the mass of things is what they have to figure out. And yeah, with a triple T, like underneath that thing, it's just really hollow. Mm. So it made a lot of sense to me even to turn that into a transformer because there's going to be a lot of mass that you can fit in there. And yeah, I do agree with what you said in the video. It's going to be looking like the Triple T in vehicle mode. And then whenever it transforms into Cup, uh, that's whenever the colors of Cup will come out. Yeah, I could kind of imagine like, 
you know, the head obviously being the teal and green, maybe like the interior, the arms and the legs and everything and the waist. And then obviously you could see the white, like I, I could just kind of, I can kind of envision it where you'd have like the white chest and, and like shoulder pieces and stuff like that. I just think it could, I think this one's going to look really awesome. Honestly, I'm, I'm quite excited for this one. Um, and of course, um, Leatherneck and Sarge included in this because of the, the box art. I mean, it, it's nice little nod that they're doing that. And um, do you think it's the, the right choice? Or would you have done something any would you have done something different here? Um, honestly, I'm just happy that they're doing two figures. Like yeah. there's there is just the option of just not including a second figure at all. And true. I, I don't think that anyone would really feel like there was anything absent if they did that. Uh, now that yeah. they've set that bar, though, it is nice that uh, with some of these Transformers, we're getting not just one O-ring figure, but a, but a second one. Because I still, you know, I, I'm never going to stop hoping that we can revisit those O-ring figures and do something more interesting with them. Because uh, I don't really think that Leatherneck is a particularly difficult figure to get of the Vintage line. <laughs> and really neither is Sarge. But, uh, you know whenever they they announced o-rings it was my hope that we would get some introductory ones and then we could finally get to some of those repaints and yeah. and stuff that wasn't made before but that seems right. so far off the table right now that it it makes me sad um i will say that you know like with with leatherneck specifically we it's not like he's been reissued up the wazoo like we've right. had, you know it, at least there's that at least it's kind of like a it feels like a fresh inclusion in a weird way like a nice you know uh kind of a nice figure to do plus the ron rudak connection i think swings it for me as well like it feels like a very iconic set in that it's got you know the heart of leatherneck effectively the the, the head sculpt is ron rudak yeah. um you know the, the the card art has got ron's uh likeness on it as well um you know the sarge obviously very iconic so there's a lot of iconography for the gi joe brand in this set even if it, it doesn't quite strike you immediately because the Triple T, yeah, it's well known because it was in the movie. It was in the Arise, Spencer, Arise. I think it was in the movie as well, wasn't it? I want to say. Yeah, it was because he drives. He, so. They pick he Falcon up. up. Well, movie. they don't pick Falcon up. They meet Falcon and, yeah, they bugger off, don't they? So, like, it's definitely been seen by a larger group of people based on that. But um, I would say that it's definitely still down there a little bit more on the I wouldn't have expected them to do that vehicle. Right. Um, and it does, it does really look like the nice part of, I, I guess, from an O-ring perspective, the, the nice thing is, and, and even from the vehicle, it's nice to see them doing things that don't necessarily uh, have repaint potential in some ways. Yeah. Because it, it, it does seem like a lot of times whenever something is uh, just a smaller line, it's kind of locked into that zone where you you have to make the things that can be made in multiple colors and that so far that's really not what they've been doing i was expecting to get like megatron in red yeah you no know, i was totally expecting them to do that and it just doesn't seem like that's going to happen no i think you got a good point there i think everyone expected repaints out of the out of the gate with uh even with bumblebee and have having like you know like that arashikagi black uh, or striker or the um eco striker or you know so on and so forth um but you're right like it doesn't seem to be on the horizon necessarily at least not in the near future it, and i think one of the things is because these sets are so 
like sparse and spread out. They 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 can just do them within the budget they have for the line. Maybe they they can do them you know quite unique to that particular set and then just you know release as is. So I don't know. It's it's interesting to see if they do actually come back and do you know do we get like a Marauder Sarge? A lot of people have been asking in the comments. Do we get like you know some sort of um, Marauder's vehicle as well, like to come to go with him? Do you know that would be kind of cool. Yeah, honestly, I mean, if this was purely just a an O ring line, I would love to have the Triple T in Marauder's colors. That would be that, amazing. That'd be kind of fun, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to also then have that as a Transformer is just not necessary. And if it's going to be Cup, you know. <laughs> I guess you could do a different deco of Cup, like the younger version of him, or uh, we'll just change the head. Some... Yeah, and he... well, yeah, there, there's some color differences. I think sometimes, isn't there in in the Chaos episode where uh, there's the younger version of Cup that is shown? I, I think, think so. Um, and a lot of times, Cup is just repainted into Orion packs, but we don't need that in no. the GI Joe crossover lineup. I'm happy that they're willing to spend the money to make something that's just going to be unique. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Well, that's the Sarge Leatherneck Cup and the Triple T collab. Um, no official information, um, like, you know, yet. Obviously, just the listing uh, that JT Prime 17 uh, kind of revealed uh, very recently. Uh, just, I think it was last, literally last weekend. So, um, yeah, very exciting. And of course, we knew it was coming thanks to the Sarge. Um, right. I think we should, we should just be asking him these questions all the time, the Sarge. Get him on the show and say, right, what figures are you doing, buddy? <laughs> List them out, one after the other. Um, amazing stuff. Uh, Rachel said, I won't I won't mind a Beachcomber Eco Striker crossover. That's a good shout, Rachel. Yep. Yeah, that's that's true. There are some of them where um, it's a shame that they're not doing it. I, I think that's probably the best of them. Like, yeah, they could do a red his tank. But it just feels like Beachcomber and the Eco Striker are perfect. Yeah. So yeah, that one I would really like to see happen. I can see that happening. I really could. That would be kind of fun to do as well, actually. Uh, the colors would be awesome. Um, one of the one of the things I would say is that I want, like, you know, you kind of wonder their their choices. We're at, like, I've actually reached out to BMAC, by the way. We're gonna hopefully get him on um on the show very soon. I hope next week to talk to BMAC about, because obviously with the Thunder Machine shipping, we want to kind of get him on and talk about the line in, in general, uh, ask him some cool questions about the design process and their decision-making process and all that kind of good stuff. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll better get a bit more insight into uh, into the line a little bit, because it, it's one of those things where we only really hear about it when they do an event. And it's not like they go, they don't go into great detail with all of the decisions and everything. It's all very kind of superficial on the surface. So hopefully BMAC can give us a bit more uh, info on that. So yeah, that should be kind of fun. So fingers crossed we get that sorted next week. Um, anyway, moving on, Pat, we do have uh, more things to talk about. Now, this week has been pretty big in G.I. Joe Comics news. Uh, and for we kind of, we don't, we haven't been doing news bursts, comics bursts for a while. Uh, that's something I'm, we're going to be working out once I get in a position to, you know, get more bandwidth to do that. But um, it, in the meantime, let's talk about comics.
It was a great week for G.I. Joe comic fans as the first issue of Skybound's A Real American Hero 301 came out. We also had a director's cut of issue 1 hit stands the same day that gave us the original Larry Harmer cut of that first iconic issue. But what did we think of them? Let's find out. Well, technically, it's going to be what did I think of them because uh, Pat hasn't had the opportunity, unfortunately, to read 301 because he hasn't read 150 friggin' 6 or 155 and a half. Have you read that one yet? No. So you got to do 155 and a half. There's another, I've just added another issue. Yeah, you just time. added, you keep on adding more. Yeah, it's uh, it's not that I don't appreciate it. It's the fact that, oh, totally. well, honestly, the availability of comics around me has been difficult. I had a pull list going all the way back in the, you know, prior to Dream, prior prior to uh, IDW. In the list. 1940s. I had, a, I had a pull list of all all, the, all of my G.I. Well, it, it'll make more sense. Of all my G.I. Joe and Transformers comics. It was like, just pull all of those. And, and, you know, that's multiple comics a month. It's not like I'm buying 20 or 30 books. Yeah. Uh, but every time I would show up to that comic shop, and it was the only one in the area for me. Uh, you know, the guy would not have pulled them. And if it was a hot title that month, I just didn't get it. And that's frustrating. Yeah. So it kind of made it so that I was became a little bit lazy about showing up because I knew that if it was good, it wasn't going to be there anyway. Yeah. And I was probably going to have to pull the books off the shelf. So you're pretty much in back issues state. And then that, that you know, surprise, surprise, that comic book shop had to shut down. <laughs> You know, they weren't pulling comics pretty much for anybody unless you were buying 30 or more books a month. That's crazy. Um, it just, it wasn't good. And uh, then there was no comic shop around. I don't really like buying the digital comics. I'd rather have the physical print copy. And then you're paying shipping on top of it. It's just been a pain in the butt to get comics where I am. I, just, I generally, like, it's, it's, it's obviously quite an interesting thing, isn't it? Because... I had a similar problem when I was in the UK. I, I had a local comics store. They were great. And they would get me the comics in and everything and all that kind of good stuff. Then I moved away from that area. And so it yeah. became obviously very difficult to kind of do. And I don't mean to the US. I mean, I'm in the UK. And it came, became difficult to kind of keep up, you know, with them. And you, when, you know, you keep moving around. We lived in Missouri for a little while. We had a comic store there. Shout out to Distant Planet Comics and Collectibles. And, um, you know, they like they were great as well. But then we moved away to the point where like the other side of the country and it just gets to the point where you you miss issues and then it's difficult to catch up. Um, I kind of kept on top of it like, like, you know, on the digital kind of side of things, because I ended up having to just go, OK, I'm just going to have to do this digital. I can't, you know, keep up with the physical. But I much prefer the physical copies in hand. I much prefer reading them that way. Like it's it's all well and good on your phone and everything or whatever your tablet or your laptop, but it's just not the same, and you don't have the same. I don't know. Like it doesn't have the same feeling, mm -hmm. and so I get it that it's obviously it's a struggling industry anyway, comics. But it has been so much. It's been so hard to get hold of just one friggin' comic. Like if if like I remember going to a couple of uh, stores and they were just like before before we got on the one that we were in, and it was just like yeah we can't get that and we can't get this and we can't do that one and we can't and it was just like ugh, what's the point, like you know and like, I didn't have that problem with Distant Planet they were great, uh, but they couldn't get like specific covers, so you know there'd be one cover that I really wanted like for example Jamie Sullivan's awesome Ace 
um, looking from above um, of the Sky Striker, you can see right, Ace, right. and then you can see the Night Ravens um, underneath, like yeah. further down, and then the, the map of the Earth below. Beautiful cover. One of my favorite, one of my favorite comic covers of all time, actually. Shout out to James Sullivan. But that um, trying to get hold of that was just forget of it, forget it. Never got the cover in the end. Never got that that particular cover that I love. Um, but he did send me a print, and so I really appreciate that, Jamie. That's awesome. But yeah, could never get the issue. It was sucked. So yeah, like it's one thing being like it's a struggling industry, but it's also yeah we can't get the bloody comics like. Unless we're getting it digitally, which and and not everyone wants to do that. So like, it, yeah, it just feels like a little bit of a an impossible mission sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, I kind of feel like uh, the world got difficult for people who are actually reading comics in the '90s. Whenever everything went to nicer paper, and mm. at some point subscriptions stopped. I I would be thrilled if I had the surprise in my mailbox of a GI Joe comic book. You know, because having having to travel, because I could go to a comic shop. There's one about 45 minutes in a direction that I never travel. But to do that every single month or to expect them to hold them for multiple months, neither of those is really all that realistic. If it could just show up in my mailbox, it doesn't have to be printed on the nice paper it is. I just want to read the story, look at ni the nice art, and and enjoy the comic. I don't necessarily have to make sure that my corners aren't bent or there isn't a subscription crease or any of the things that people worry about that has caused everybody to go to comic shops that has then caused like the economy of comics to be weird. I don't yeah. know. I'm complaining about things that don't actually have to do with the issue number three, <laughs> which I really want to, I do want to read it and I did want to go out and buy it that day, but then I got busy and you know, that's the other thing is what happens when I'm busy. When are the day the things hit the stand? And I can't travel 45 minutes in the, you know, dedicate yeah. the day to just going somewhere 45 minutes that way and back. It's it's hard. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that one, mate. Simon, uh, this is a good point, mate. I used to have a horrendous time getting Marvel or Real American Hero in the UK when I was younger. My local comic shop was crap and never pulled the issue for me when I went, even when I asked. That's interesting, Simon, because I could never find the Marvel UK, a uh, Marvel or Real American Hero in the UK. And I remember very clearly going to a store in Norwich once um, that I don't think exists anymore. Norwich is my kind of hometown city sort of thing, close close to city to where I grew up and in Norfolk. And basically, we, we went there and we would get like, you know, you get all your Marvel issues, you get all the, the ones you could get. And I've, I'd asked multiple times if they could get uh, G.I. Joe and it was just not a chance. So... I had the same problem as you did, Simon, on that one. It was really difficult getting it. Um, really articulated asks a good question. I, I think that it, that is something that exists now, but I'm so out of touch with comics because of the length of time uh, where that didn't exist. Yeah. The subscription service didn't exist that I really don't know what one to go with or how good it is or how reliable it is. Nobody I'm pretty gives sure everything. I'm pretty sure Everybody everything just now. goes to comic shops now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everything literally goes through local comic book stores. I think that's I, that's. I that's think it. you can get them by mail, but you know, then you're yeah. You you can get them by mail. Yeah, through local comic book stores, like they'll mail them. Oh, to they'll you. mail but, it to you. I think that there's an online service where they mail them though too, isn't there? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there is. I'm, I'm like absolutely yeah. sure there is. Maybe I should look into it more and be more uh, proactive. But uh, again, it's, just, it's been hard. 
it's also more money. And uh, yeah, that's the other yeah. thing you've got to kind of take into consideration. Um, but anyway, let's talk. Uh, we'll talk about issue one first. So um, this was the kind of hammer cut, the Harmer, Larry Harmer cut um, of the first issue. Now, he even posted on Facebook to kind of thank Skybound for allowing him to kind of rectify something that had been bothering him for many, many years. And that was the uh, putting the original kind of scripted prose into Hawke's uh, speech. And um, in that particular, I've got both kind of uh, panels on show here. The top one is from the original. We're soldiers. Our job is to follow orders, to do the impossible and make it look easy. And from the new issue, sorry about the quality of the image. It's the best one I could find. We're soldiers. Our job is to do the unthinkable and be forgotten. So Larry finally got to kind of rectify that thing that had been bothering him for for a long time. And he even like you know, posted on his Facebook page and his socials to thank Skybound for allowing him to do that. And Pat, you mentioned something quite good when we were talking off, off camera about that kind of building a nice relationship between the two of them from, from day one. Yeah, I think that this, you know, allowing him to go back and, and fix things like this, I think is a nice way of, of them. Uh, it's just a good way of honoring somebody who's put so much out there and been such a, a big part of the brand, like allowing him to get what his his original vision was for things. Yeah, I can't imagine a better way to uh, to to build a good a good creative relationship. Yeah, and has he really done that much for the brand though? <laughs> Do you? Uh, I mean, like. Do you really count kind of creating all the characters? All the characters. And, and, yeah. Do you mm. really count that though? I'm joking. I, I am joking. Yeah. That's going to be chopped up. I wonder if he. Um, I wonder how many other issues he has, uh, like panels like this that still stick in his head. I thought you meant like how many face. issues does like how many personal issues does he have? Not like how many no. comic issues. <laughs> how many comic issues? Because obviously there's going to be a market to put number one out there again. Yeah. But yeah. not necessarily every single issue that he may have wanted to go one way and it went another. Yeah. So I wonder how many of them could they actually get out as a you know a, a Larry Hama version. No, I think that's a good point. Like, how many more issues could we have little changes made in? And I, yeah. I wonder how long they take. Because yeah, obviously, one gets released every five minutes, issue one. Uh, every time, I think IDW released it multiple times, uh, multiple times, actually. And there was, I feel like there was one on free comic book day once as well. Like, I, I, feel I don't like, remember that. I feel like issue one has been done. Oh, no, it was on free comic book day, but it wasn't a free comic book. It was like a anniversary edition or something and had a border on it and everything um but like there have there have been so many so many but um yeah it's nice that we get one yeah with this kind of like you know this is kind of a bit of a collector's item now as well straight away so uh yeah that's awesome um anyway 301 let's talk about that because obviously this is larry's kind of continuation of the a real american hero storyline for skybound going out of the idw now i'm not going to do I'm, there are no spoilers in this i'm just going to talk about my personal reaction and feeling to the actual issue. Um, and then uh, we'll probably do more spoilerific stuff with Mark Seddon in the future. Uh, Mark, I'm see if we can get Tim on as well, get the whole Talking Joe crew involved on that one. But um, yeah, I think this is, um, I think right, straight away, I was very excited when I saw the, the kind of art style, when we saw the, um, what's it called? The preview 
uh, another, quite a while ago now, probably over a month, maybe even a couple of months ago now. And um, it just looked, I, I thought it looked really rich and interesting. And I liked that there was like, not not a gimmick as such, but like, you know how sometimes it's just, you know, panel to panel to panel to panel. And it's just like, okay, yeah, you're reading a comic. I like it when there's a little bit more kind of thought and creativity put into the layout and the design and how it kind of fits with what the story that's being told. And obviously, from what other, you know, a lot of you have probably seen in the preview without seeing the actual uh, issue, minor spoilers ahead, then you've got like some really nice layout going on with the kind of ticking time bomb situation that's going on in the background and what's happening in the different areas of while that time is ticking down. So I, I really like that there was a nice, and have you seen the preview at all, Pat? I think that it was on at one point wasn't didn't we have it on the weekly a while ago i, I have, have seen it yeah okay there's yeah but it's a really nice like pacing of everything that's going on and it, but the the artwork i've got to say is phenomenal um it looks really 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 beautiful and that's um so it's it's, it's mooneyham with the um with the art isn't it i believe i have no idea like I believe it is but it's it's just um, oh, and is it Francesco? I forget the art. I've completely forgotten the art, the creative team on the issue. Typical maneuver that always happens when I'm live, um, and I do know it because I read it multiple times just to make sure. And then I'm like, oh, okay, put on the spot. I can't think of anything now. Well, you're on the um, spot totally because I haven't read it and I don't have it, so I'm just going to leave it all up to you. Yeah, no, it's totally fine. Just leave me out here to die. Uh, yes, Chris Mooneyham and Andy. Oh, Andy Cubit did the cover. Um, who else is involved in this then? Because I'm sure there's another name. Someone let me know. It's probably written on there. It's literally written there. It's Francesco. I can't see the surname. Anyway, it's it's incredible artwork. Absolutely beautiful. And also, like one thing I would say about the previous A Real American Hero Yala. issues. Yeah, I think it is. Um, one of the things I will mention about the previous issues um, with A Real American Hero, like. It was, I was getting to the point where I want to say, like, the coloring was just a little too, I don't know. It, I'm not sure if it, like, went too well with what was being done with the art and the inks and everything. So it didn't, it didn't jive as well for me. But, like, going into this new issue, I just loved the style. I loved the colors. I loved the, the I, it just, everything about it was like, speaking to me. Um, now, I will say one thing. It's kind of getting to the point, you know, like obviously you're coming from one story at the end of 300 going into this issue. So there's that thing of like, you know, you have to kind of know what's been going on previously to know what's going on now. And also it does go in a direction I was not expecting and then does hit a very interesting twist, which will bring in a very, I would, I would think, very cool and interesting storyline going forward that I don't think we've really seen in a real American hero in the past. And obviously it's going to be difficult for Pat to respond to this, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, now that obviously I'm not talking about the other um, kind of spoiler. There is a death in this issue and I won't say who it is, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the, the other kind of twist that happens that you kind of like, you, obviously you can see coming because they talk about it all the way through and then it happens and you're like, oh, so yeah, it kind of ties into lots of different aspects of the brand. 
um, and kind of makes you wonder about um, some inclusions in the classified series. And again, I'm keeping it very broad and vague, just to really confuse Pat and to kind of wink and nod at all the people in the comments that have read it, who have read it, sorry. So yes, that is, uh, and so overall, I'm going to give this one like an eight and a half out of 10 for the strength of the artwork, the really beautiful layouts and the, and the coloring, everything about the, the visual aspect of this is really good and appealing to me. Um, also high up there in, you know, tran the transition was always going to be a difficult one, but I think they did it well. And I think it's kind of, and, and also the twist at the end brings up as well, because I thought that was really interesting and cool too. So I'm going to go for eight and a half, at, forget it, nine, nine out of 10, not as eight and a half bull crap. Um, the only thing I'm going to bring it down for is I felt like even though we had that beautiful artwork and we had a really kind of interesting kind of aspects going on, I felt like it, the story was almost rushed a little bit. I felt like it kind of went, it was just too quick. And I know sometimes that's, you can't really help that. You know, like you're reading a comic and it's just all the way, you know, you've read it in like five minutes and you're like, wow, that was awesome. But also I want more of it. So for me, it's more of a case of night, like not have, and then again, I will also say the pacing was necessary because it is a very quick situation that's, that's going on. Like you're in a, I don't want to give anything away still, but you're in a situation where the pace does need to go at a, a clip. So it, it's difficult to get that balance to kind of feel like you're getting something out of it. Um, and so that's why I'm going to bring it down just a little bit, just because it just, I've sped through it so fast. Uh, but anyway, I thought it was great. Excited for the next issue. Pat, are you excited to get to this point? When are you aiming to, like, you know, I, I, guess, the I guess I'll, I'll listen to the advice of others and people can tell me, should I just skip ahead and then go back and read, go back with and start reading the other issues? Or should I, you know, what what's the best, best method to get caught up will be one question. If and... anyone in the comments could let me know, I would say go back to, like, the beginning of this particular story arc and i know that's difficult because it's like an ongoing pretty much yeah. um but i would say like you could probably you'd get away with the problem is there's been so much that's happened that's the that's the thing so much has happened yeah. that you'll just be like what the hell are yeah, these it's I, my my brain is kind of a completist brain as well and i i, I don't I don't want to read things out of order because then i'll remember them taking place out of order right right yeah all right, go, go, just go from 155 and a half. You know you have to. Uh, but then again, the other thing is, Pat, there's no pressure to do this because obviously, like I said, I'll just be talking to Mark and Tim about this in more detail. I'm getting caught up on like Marvel Transformers UK is what I'm currently on. Mate, that is awesome. So uh, what a couple more things I want to mention about uh, this particular issue. It's sold out. So there's going to be a second printing and there's also another cover to come with that second printing. How many covers? I will be talking about this with Mark and hopefully Tim as well. Uh, they don't know yet, but I, I want to be doing this with them. But um, there are so many covers for this, this issue that it was getting to the point of almost dead game levels. In actual fact, it might have surpassed dead game. Do we know? Let us know in the comments, guys. How like There were like 50 covers for dead game, right? Or 20? I might have, That might be too I many. I have no idea. I want to say dead game one had like, it might have been 25. There was a lot of covers and I think, I'm not even sure, but this one felt like there were just as many. Um, but anyway, I'm sure there's, I'm sure people have done the maths. Right, that's it for comics. Um, now, 
One thing I will say next up, Pat, is that um, we're going to have a little bit of a break now while Justin and I talk for about three minutes. I hope you don't mind. Um, <laughs> and then you can go and do something else because Justin and I are not worth listening to. Um, but we discovered during the reveal of some very cool Snake Eyes movie concept art, we discovered a very interesting thing that dates back to, well, dates all the way back to 2021. And Pat actually has a lot to do with that. But we'll talk about that after we've listened to Justin and myself discuss it in some detail. I hope you're ready. Right, Justin, this is the this is the mind blower right now. And I don't think anyone's picked up on this yet. But if you cast your minds back to a Brazilian Hasbro Brazilian um investor day that kicked off, I want to say in like 2021. And um basically during that investor event, there was a presentation to investors that was kind of hinting at a snake eyes themed animated series and i I wonder if people are are kind of like caught on yet but this particular image i'm not even kidding i'll read out the clip description so this was um basically someone uh, his tank had been to the investor event seen the actual um like pre like the actual uh presentation and described it to a t and this is what they said The clip was animated like what we usually see on a typical flashback scene. Moving characters to a static background akin to Mortal Kombat X endings could just be placeholder concept art barely two seconds. Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow are fighting a couple of enemies. Both their designs are brand new and futuristic. And then we get this like grouping of like descriptions for each character. We'll start with the location here. Top of a building helipad question mark neon signboards can be seen in the city fourth of july like fireworks reminiscent of the intro of gi joe the movie are are you with me so far justin on this one <laughs> yeah i'm seeing some similarities here yeah might, might just be coincidence i don't know snake eyes snake eyes looks a lot like a black power ranger wears bladed gauntlets like classified series storm shadow art most popularly known as batman gauntlets silver visor no weapon just a badass kick that they've just described exactly what snake eyes yeah. is doing right there in this image storm exactly. storm shadow looks a lot like marvel character crossbones white high collar jacket no sleeves like snake eyes wears the same gauntlets jewel wielding two tang hooked katanas again an yeah. almost exact description of what yeah. storm shadow is doing in this now this is where it like just locks it into place for me enemies right. two males one bare-chested tattooed question mark wearing japanese demon masks check bare-chested enemy wields double-ended japanese shogi hook i mean yeah exactly what he's got and the other wields a straight sword while receiving a knee kick to the chest from snake eyes isn't that it's incredible yeah there's there's almost no disputing this that this is exactly the shot that they're describing in that post it's word for word and you know image for image it's precisely what we're seeing here so effectively this kind of like answers that question as to what they they saw during that event um i think a lot of people thought it was concept art for the animation what it actually turned out to be was concept art for the film used for like a pitch i would say for an animated series cool 
So, yeah, this is uh, something that Justin and I talked about on the movie news burst. I thought if you hadn't seen it, there you go. That was us talking about that particular piece of concept art. So Volta posted this um, concept art about, I, I don't know, like it was in the week at some point. And they kind of they've had, they hadn't been able to kind of release it for up until that point. So when we kind of saw it, we kind of going through all the images. Pat just happened to mention in the in the in the message board that we were on at the time. He just said, uh, "Does that does that one remind you of something that happened in what was that thing that happened in Brazil? That that thing, whatever it was, and that just like lit up in my brain. And I'm like, oh my god, I I don't think I've run any quicker to his tank in my entire life." mentally and i went to the the his tank page and i searched for that brazil license well it's a licensing expo not an investor day as i mentioned in the video and yeah lo and behold i mean it's crazy isn't it pat like absolutely insane that this is the artwork um that they were discussed that they'd seen at that that licensing expo yeah the thing that that really stuck out in my head is those the spikes on on batman's gauntlets are so signature batman to me that it feels out of place to see them on another character yeah it also doesn't feel to me at least like a great idea to put them on snake eyes because of um it, it just kind of feels like maybe snake eyes is a follower rather than a a character of his own like i i could see a lot of people you know younger audiences confusing snake eyes as being a batman ripoff which is not the case at all. Um, but yeah. with those gauntlets, yeah, I could see how people would say that. So whenever you brought that up, I think in one of our earlier episodes, oh, yeah. that probably was before we were doing the live, it stuck in my head for that reason. And so whenever these pictures showed up, I was like, hey, wait a minute. Um, are gauntlets. these two things related? Brazil. I actually, yeah, I wasn't actually even thinking that this was right the footage that they were looking at i was thinking that the you know that this was put out there uh quietly to everybody working on the same creative stuff that should eventually be come out and that maybe you know this resulted in the snake eyes movie and you know you know another branch was working on something animated but now i'm really glad that you went back and <laughs> got all those details and, and matched them up perfectly so that i can know that I didn't really miss anything. Uh, we've yeah. now seen everything. Absolutely. I mean, like they, they they said that there was a clip. It was what barely two seconds. I mean, perfect for something as as simple as this. Yeah. Um, like moving characters to a static background akin to Mortal Kombat X ending. So what I could have yeah. imagined them doing was doing that thing where they isolate the uh, the character images um, on screen you know, like kind of cut them out Photoshop style and just have the background like warp a little bit as they move forward or move like very slowly yeah. or, you know, I could see them doing that with it basically. Um, but yeah, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow fighting a couple of enemies. Both their designs are brand new and futuristic. And then boom, we get effectively a, as an exact description of what is happening. What I'll also probably say is a lot of people talking about the female character on the left here and, and asking, is it Jinx? Um, possibly, I think at the concept stage, Akiko was was already, um, you know, a, a character in the script. So it was probably, um, you know, by direction, Akiko uh, to the uh, the concept artist. Um, but anyway, I would, yeah. So I, I would say, if I had to guess, it's probably Akiko. Um, and what I would imagine is they would have cut that off on the left hand side, and you wouldn't have seen that. Um, for their particular, for the, you know, the particular presentation. And you would have just seen the enemy on the left 
sorry, in the, like the the one with the demon mask and the double ended shogi hooks, uh, Storm Shadow Snake Eyes, and the other guy getting kicked uh, off the off the panel on the other side. So I think it just makes a lot of sense. You've got the fireworks, you've got the rooftop, you've got the neon signs, you've got you know everything they're talking about is absolutely on point. You know, uh, Marvel character Crossbones, one hundred percent, he gives off that vibe. Uh, Storm Shadow got the white high collar jacket, no sleeves. He's got the gauntlets, and he's wielding two tanged hooked katanas. And when I first read that, I'm, oh, maybe they're not tang hooked. They are tang hooked. Look at the end of the, the blade. Like there is a tang on the end of that blade. Like it is nuts, man. How specific that is um, for that particular description. Crazy specific. Uh, Snake eyes. Looks a lot like a Black Power Ranger. Check. Wears uh, bladed gauntlets like classified series Storm Shadow art. Check. Uh, silver visor. And when I when it, I read that, I was like, oh, maybe he's not wearing. No. Yeah, he's got a silver visor as well. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap! It is literally everything. Check, 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 check. No weapon, just a badass kick. And then obviously the enemies. This is what this is what locks it in 100. Two um, males, one bare chested. Tattooed question mark. Yes, this tattooed and he's bare chested. Um, the bare chested enemy wields double ended Japanese shogi hook. That is too specific. Far too specific, isn't it? To to not get exactly right. It is. That 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 really uh drives home the point that th this is exactly what, what they were looking at. Um, but the thing that I don't see in in here is the talk that I also was was bringing up that. Is that the head sculpt? I mean, I, I have to theorize and think that it is the head sculpt that ended up in the Blue Ninjas set. Oh, yes, because yes. There's another image, and that's what I was on my phone looking for yeah. uh, here. There's another image that, that where where Snake Eyes is, is taking off with the stone, where it's very clear that he's being chased by you know somebody wearing that mask uh, that yeah. was... Um, well, do you want the answer then? Because I sure. so basically I messaged uh, Lenny before when we got the when we first got the concept art, and I actually asked him, uh, "Were you aware of this concept art?" And he's like, "Oh wow, I haven't seen that for however many years." Um, he said um, the they utilized their designs from the classified design catalog, as it were, um, for materials. So they utilized Lenny and. I think I can't remember the other. There's another. There's another person involved um, with that. Yeah, they utilized the um, the designs of the Blue Ninja masks and everything for the concept art. So it was it was concept art being utilizing the classified stuff as opposed to classified being influenced by any concepts. If that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that does make sense. So. It's it's just nice to see uh, those connections happen and and to get a little bit more glimpse behind the scenes. Absolutely, uh, it's yeah, really cool. So we just I was I was really excited, really, just to uh, and also to thank Pat for putting the blooming thing in my head in the first place because I you know, Gauntlets Brazil. I was just like, yes, you're totally right. And I don't even know what happened when I think I think I just scrolled through and saw this image and just thought, oh my god, were they describing this? Because I couldn't remember all the details off the top of my head. And then it's when you go back and you check the His Tank page and you go and look at it and you start reading it and you go, 
you just it just this, everything just explodes at once and you're just like oh my goodness so yeah um i think i was way more excited about finding this than anybody else that watched the video or i spoke to in the message group and i think everyone's like, yeah i think that's right i think you're right chris and i'm just like guys this is amazing um it's yeah it's funny how these things but i think it, for me it was just like there was like the, if you imagine like there was a missing jigsaw piece and it just went, it just plopped right in there as soon as that kind of, as soon as they were married up. And that did so much for my OCD. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So yeah, very, very fun kind of little uh, addition there. And also, if you haven't seen the movie news burst that Justin and I did, you can go check it out on the, uh, on the channel after this uh, video. It all fits together, Diana. It does, absolutely. Um, right then. Next up then, Pat, uh, and we are we are traversing to the classified series and a little bit of Norgahide news. Norgahide has been a name-only reveal ever since PulseCon a few months back now, and following that, we've seen his little cameo on the Metalhead packaging render, and now what looks to be his hat on eBay in a lot of classified and Star Wars pre-production pieces. Can't be too long until we see the Dreadnought's poacher and wild boar enthusiast. Pass me that rancid hog fat, would you, Pat? Can you pass me the... <laughs> Can you do that? And then I'll rub it all over my body. Anyway, yes, uh, classified Norgahide's hat has appeared, buddy. Um, does this excite you in any way, shape, or form? I'm looking forward to seeing Nagahide for sure. Uh, that little bit of a picture that we see is nice, but it's so blurry. And uh, looking at the hat, it does have, in my opinion, a little bit more of a feel of the the Dreadnought. What was that? A five or seven pack? The one that um, that came out later yeah. on after the 25th stuff, since it's yeah. a bit of a flatter hat. Yeah. And honestly, I kind of prefer that. So yeah. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they come up with. Not they were, the vintage Nagahide figure is a great figure, but he is one of the later ones that has a, a very large head and face, and uh, the just the shape of the hat. I I don't know. Maybe it's just not the type of hat that I prefer to look at. It could be <laughs> that. Um, but I but I like the way that this one looks for sure. The only my only um, concern with the vintage um, what's his name for the vintage figure was the shin knife because mm -hmm. it was such a it was such a way that it would always bend the knife like it wouldn't sit in there yeah. nicely and comfortable and it looked a little bit too big for the for the sheath anyway kind of it's like there's like that's some true. of the the some of the blades stuck out a little bit when he's put it in there um, but that's the I mean I'm thinking like. When it comes to getting the actual figure in hand, the, the sorry, when we're seeing the classified figure, I've got a feeling they're just going to do a side sheath on the on the shin, like a, a secondary. I would assume so too. Yeah, I mean, I secondary they could do they could do it on the front too. Anyway, yeah, um, I just don't know how like I don't know how comfortable it would be on the. But then again, they can design it that way and make it fit. And yeah, I, I guess they could do that. Just if it would feel weird doing it on the front unless it was really small. It does stick up too much on the vintage figure. Uh, I loved what they were trying to accomplish yeah. at that time. And I don't really think I'd have, a, I think it would be neat to see them do that again, just because you're always getting knives on the sides of boots. So 
yeah, one that's maybe a little crooked or, you know, like I like the one that was on SkyMate. Yeah. You know, that was always really cool. There, there's a lot of different stuff they could do, but um, I, that wouldn't be a complaint of mine anyway. I mean, I guess maybe because it was so large, it kind of uh, became an obvious part of the figure that maybe you would want to put it on the front again, but it won't bother me if, if they don't. Do you think they'll do, um, here's a question for you. Do you think they'll, or what would you do in the design decision was given to you? Do you think they'll do a sheath on the small of the back on the vest? Or do you think they'll do the sh a knife sheath on the belt underneath the vest, but like at that kind of like angle, you know, that kind of like sideways angle? I think for the sake of pulling a knife out of a sheath, it would make more sense to be attached to your belt because yeah. it's, you know, flopping around with your vest, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it'd be a very, um, that would just be very, a very weird spot for an actual knife. So I'm going to, I'm going to vote belt in that. Case. That was, that was definitely one of the details that I missed on the original figure and not for many other reasons other than I always kept like their backpacks on, I think most of the time. So I didn't see that there was a little knife detail on the back of his vest of the original figure, nor did I ever notice that on his right boot, he's got bullet belts wrapped around his right boot? I never noticed that. Yeah, until, I never noticed that. Until we saw the, I think the two up at Hascon. Yeah. I might have even mentioned it to you when we were looking at it. But like, I remember like knowing at that point going, I didn't know he had those on his on his right boot. Like, because they're not painted on the, on the vintage figure. It's like just one big black boot. So you miss that big time. But and I assume um, that those are just there for a sniper rifle, right? He can pull pull another bullet out. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. It was just it was just always interesting. I wonder. It's it's. I just kind of wonder what they're going to put into the the classified figure based on a lot of these little details. You know, like I wonder what tattoo. If, are we going to get like numerous tattoos? Are we just going to get like one elaborate one? Are we going to get one that's almost identical to the the vintage figure, which is the GI Joe logo with the cross through it? You know, what are we? What are they going to do? Like, are they going to do some? Are they going to mess around with it? Are they going to try some things? Do you think? I think so. Uh, I think that that in general, I am not a fan of tattoos. Just in general, I I don't love them. Um, but the the dreadnoks, to me, that's part of their character that they should yeah. have tattoos. I think that in the style of the vintage figure, uh, you couldn't have too many tattoos because it starts to look too busy on those figures and the expenses there. Right. I think that Lenny seems to have more of a love for tattoos than I do. <laughs> and I definitely see him. Um, I, I anticipate that he would probably try to put more of them on the dreadnoughts. And I think that's kind of appropriate. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really kind of eager to see, you know, I kind of want that same old no GI Joe one on there somewhere. Yeah. But then I, I want to see more than that because I would expect there to be more than that. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see a little Clyde with a heart around it. <laughs> and can we talk about the Clyde thing quickly? Because I right. did some research on this. And okay. um, what my my outcome is, is thus. Wiki came first, from what I can tell, right? 2010 okay. was, the, uh, was the entry, right? Okay. Now, very shortly afterwards, we get Clyde nor Hyde in 2011. Now, I don't know if what happened there was 
they were struggling to get a different name for Norgahide because they didn't want the legal situation with the American Leather Company or Faux Leather Company. So they did, um, they, they wanted to change it. They may have looked and done some research on to see if there were any names associated with the character, found the wiki and utilized that Clyde that was thrown in there on the wiki, right? Yeah. So I don't know if that's what happened, but that's the order of operations in the very least. Then in 2014, we get the use of Clyde in the Battlegrounds cards for the art for the game. So there's Norgahide and there's a Norgahide and Clyde card. And the 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 the, the blurb is almost is, is word for word what's written on the wiki page. So it's like I feel like they just got that from the wiki page and put it on the on the card. But who's to say that that wasn't pre-empted by the people developing these things or like the, the figure, for example? Do you know what I mean? Like maybe they were preempting that and they put it on the wiki almost to kind of like save it. I don't know. What what I mean, what's your thoughts at this point before I move on? I think maybe it's maybe it's a fact lost to time. Yeah. Uh, it's, it could be something was planned that I didn't hear about. And um, which is doubtful. Didn't pay attention to no it's very very likely if it's obviously if it's something that's in the later comics i may have missed it i've read well, one well, through 155 a dude, few times. there you go there's another bit there's another bit of information we can throw in there the first use of clyde in the comics was tom scioli with the transformers gi joe crossover okay and um yeah they they refer to the 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 the, the bore in that particular comic as clyde i think muck calls him Clyde outright when he's talking to mm. him. So um, yeah, basically that was 2015, I want to say, because it was the second series of Transformers G.I. Joe. It wasn't the uh, first one. I've done a lot of research on this. Well, would it be a dreadnought thing to name your pet after yourself? Maybe he feels that close to his <laughs> his boar. 100%. Clyde Jr. Well, this is the thing, right? I never... You never see it anywhere else. Those were the that was the kind of order of operations. But you've got like three very official places: Clyde Norhide, twenty eleven figure, not the war, not the boar. Um, uh, Clyde Norgahide and Clyde on the battlegrounds cards, and then Tom Scholey calling him Clyde. So like as three pretty official places to have Clyde now. So for me. Yeah, like you have to call him Clyde from now on. Like that's it's locked into Which the console. one, the the human or both or, or both. They're both, both Clyde. Clyde Hyde has got to be his name, and Clyde has got to be the boar's name. Okay. What? Yeah. So anyway, that I just thought that was yeah that was an interesting thing to kind of really dig into and try and work out what actually happened. I have not found anything pre twenty ten, and. A lot of people that have been like throwing me messages and stuff, they also haven't. So, yeah, interesting. But it's one of those things, isn't it? It's where I think you mentioned it last week where you said something about, or you mentioned it to me in confidence, I can't remember, but you mentioned something along the lines of, is this a, um, was it a Fonz scenario? I can't remember what it was again. I think it was. Oh, yeah. Uh, Henry Winkler and Street Henry Sharks. Wink that was it. Henry yeah. Winkler, Street yeah. Sharks, the fake fact scenario, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Somebody posted that intentionally to see uh, what would happen. And it did get repeated across the internet and is in fact still repeated. And people ask Henry Winkler about it occasionally. And he was not in Street Sharks. 
<laughs> I love that. Or at least that's what I'm told. I haven't actually watched Street Sharks myself to make sure. So maybe this is like a double play on I, right now. I don't think anyone has watched Street Sharks to find out, though. That's the problem. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm, I love Street Sharks. But no, um, what I will kind of say to that is this is this does feel to me like someone put it in the wiki, maybe like as an in-joke, because I, I know Clyde, I, or I've read somewhere that Clyde was the name for a warthog in, I want to say the Land Before Time TV series, but I couldn't find the episode. And I I, I found the episode that they, they claim that Clyde the warthog is in, but I can't find Clyde the Warthog in that episode. I watched the whole episode it to try and find it. It also wouldn't surprise me if somebody was just trying to fill out uh, lists of things as we were doing back in the early days of the internet, whenever putting pictures of anything up was difficult. Yeah. Uh, and somebody made a picture or a, a list of all the dreadnoughts and had their own embellishments of, of their universe and yeah. that has survived. It's possible. Are you blaming? Are you blaming Justin Bell's Dio stories for this? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Shout out! Shout out to Justin Bell and his Dio stories. He's not going to watch this episode. Um, he just turns up, does his thing, and buggers off. He doesn't care. He's a he's a hateful human being. I'm just kidding. Justin's great. Um, yeah, like the movie Shazam thing, Diana. Absolutely. Um, Charlotte likes the name Albert M. Hyde. I like that as well. Yeah. Albert let's Hyde make, would work. Let's make that stick. Um, Not is, this, slide. is this part of the Renegade Game Studio stuff, Chris? No. This is uh, classified and black series, what we're looking at at the moment. Uh, so just to just be clear, let's go through all of these parts as well, Pat, while we're here. And then this Justin is quite Hollis asked a good question. That's our segue right there. Who did what? Justin Hollis. Oh, is that? There you go. Thank you, Justin. Is that helmet the ferret driver's helmet? Yes, it is. It's part of the ferret driver's helmet. The ferret scout, as it's known officially. Um, obviously, it's missing the top part, which locks into the top part. I think it's going to be glued together. I guess it's going to be two pieces glued together. I don't think they're going to come apart easily. Um, but we'll find out when the, the figure That'd gets... That'd be a good uh, way of making it, because often, you know, that that part in real life is a, is a separate piece. Yep. And so if they make them separate pieces in the future, they could make them different colors, perhaps? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd also suggest you get that kind of uh, that essence of depth as well. Yeah. Um, that you don't like if you if you if you do like a molded thing and you can't cut right into like the you know the the right inside there you can't really get in there. It kind of yeah. can get look a little soft sometimes. And by having those two separate pieces, yeah, you really get that definition of uh, two you know two different elements kind of competing. Yep. So yeah, that should answer the question. That is the ferret scout helmet or some of it. We've also got Big Ben's head. We've got the um, steel core helmet that comes with clutch. Mutt's vest. Um, what uh, The Uzi that has appeared in the line already, but we were thinking might also be a precursor to an Iron Grenadier's um, version because, you know, it's interesting these parts come out when they do, um, and it wouldn't surprise me you know, knowing that the Iron Grenadier's is around the corner. Would you agree with that, Pat? Yeah, uh, you mentioned that, and I thought that was a really good shout-out. That makes a lot of sense to me, uh, that that would be used in that capacity. And then that big long rifle, I do think that it's funny that it's a Star Wars rifle. And doesn't it kind of look like the vintage Kenner Blue that was used on some of the old Star really Wars? Does. Do you yeah, think so they did that on purpose? That <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, there might, you, there might be someone there working there. Just like, yeah, just use this. Just use this. Right. Just for my yeah. benefit. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Um, but yeah, I definitely think we're looking at a um, 
you know, maybe like a precursor to an Iron Grenadier's uh, inclusion as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, it's definitely a newsie we've seen before. Um, Ferret Scout, why not Viper Scout, says Viper Scout. (laughs) Sorry, that's genius. (laughs) Viper Scout says Ferret Scout, why not Viper Scout? That's just genius. Um, Yeah, I just call it Viper Scout anyway, Viper Scout, and then we'll just get everyone confused. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you know what? I didn't even notice, Charlotte, that Albert M is obviously Albert M. Pine you were getting. That's where the joke was. Oh, Alpine, okay. Alpine yeah, situation. I didn't get that either. That was a very on-the-nose uh, code name, wasn't it? A uh, file name. As was Stanley R. Perlmutter as well. Yeah. <laughs> I did I did find that funny, but or after a while, stone. you kind of go... You what, mate? Skip Stone. Oh, my. Skip a stone. Yeah. That's cutter, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Because you know he glides across water, skip stone. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. And he's even got A as a middle initial. That made it yeah, genuinely. Remember that. Skip A stone. Oh, terrible. Um, Charlotte says my humor is pretty highbrow. (laughs) Yes, it is. Like like all of ours is, yeah, big time. Um Clyde with Norgahide, is he in the Renegade games? I don't understand that question, David. Sorry. Are you are you saying he's Clyde, Norgahide and Clyde in the Renegade games? Because if that's the case, that's well after the, you know, well after the um uh the time period, as it were. So yeah, it would it, they would probably be taking from the official what is official sort of now that Clyde is the name, but that's cool. I, I wasn't aware if, if uh, they are in the Renegade games, that's really cool. Um, anyway, Skip was also, um, oh no, Skip was in the Palatoy. Yeah. He was um, in the Palatoy action force um, line. Skip. He was yeah. the, uh, the red beret kind of uh, camo Z force dude uh, figure six pack. So yeah. In fact, he was the, yeah, he was literally the, not the Zed Force like top of the tree, but he was uh, the kind of he was like the Duke of Zed Force basically. Um, anyway, right? Yeah, there you go. So I think that I think that's everything for Norgahide. Did I do a did I do a zoomy close up? I don't think I did. Did I, Pat? Uh no. Okay, good. Um, what I'm I'll tell you one last thing before we go. I am definitely hoping that they throw in the animal print on the hat around where you've got the kind of teeth on the band of the hat. Right. Well, there's a lot of animal print lost from what we saw on the two up to the final figure. Yeah, on the armband as well. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah, that's something I'm, I hope they kind of uh, they throw in there. That'd be really awesome. Anyway, that's enough of Norgahide. Go check out my Let's Talk Classified Norgahide video as well. It's brilliant. Um, was he also an adventure team skip? That's cool. I didn't know the adventure team had a skip. Interesting. Um, I just we're probably gonna have to get a skip for when we uh, do renovations on our house. Um, anyway, that's by the by. Let's get on with the news, and f- I think this is the final bit. Yeah, it's the Super Seven updates coming at you. Unfortunately, the Cobra mothership has been almost completely stationary this week, with only a few backers since we last gave you an update. Super 7 did send out an email showing the absolutely massive size compared to a human, but that's about it for now. As well as a stalled campaign, images of the next Target exclusive reaction Baroness emerged showing what looks like a blue deke deco, and might hint at the coming waves of figures that Brian told us would be revealed later this year.
Yeah. Okay. So a little bit kind of concerning on the old uh, mothership, would you say, Pat, at the moment, kind of stalling on um, yeah. 1435, I'd say now. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, you know, hopeful for them. I'm hopeful to have one, but it's not looking good. Yeah. I have to agree. It's kind of, it's stalled to the point now where like at this point, you'd at least, I would say, have to be about halfway there to even kind of like contemplate that spike towards the end of the campaign. Because what I think can sometimes happen with these is that yes, you might get a spike at the end, but that only really works if the excitement for it to be a possibility is there. And, you know, obviously... Uh, with with when you're at the point where it's like fourteen three five, you know we are way off four k, and uh, you know and, and like I was hoping like we'd be talking right now. I was hoping we'd be at two k already, or at least one eight or one nine or something like that. So the fact that we're kind of like much further away from that, I have to say that I don't. I, I I'm going to have to say that I don't. I'm not fully a hundred percent confident it's going to make it. Yeah, I, I don't really know how deals with other distribution go. Like that's always there's always just the question that I because sometimes you see some of these um, crowdfunded things end up on a retailer's website after right. the fact. Yeah, um, and that's fine. You know, do what you can to make your project happen. I don't know though if they have any deals like that that are going to happen, or if those come through, or if they will get added. Um, if they do. Are they going to use that as momentum? I, I don't know. Like, I really would like to see this since it's always you, since all these, every single crowdfund is that, that inverted, well, I guess I should start this way. The inverted bell curve of uh, sales that you're going to have almost half Skate at the beginning and almost half at the end and just some sales in the middle. Um, I At this point, I think that we should be nearing the halfway point if this is going to happen or at it and it's just not there and that's concerning yeah i have to say like as as cool as it is and i think it would be an amazing piece um yeah it's just the yeah the the and the the, the cost and, and all that kind of stuff it does play into it and also we're in a period of time at the moment where if you're a joe fan you have got so much so much to kind of like to buy, to consume, to enjoy, yeah. that it's difficult to, or, you know, just throw in what, how much, like $600? Yeah. At the end of the, the, the day? Plus like the add-ons. Plus the you're, add-ons? You're, like, looking, yeah. you're looking more, I think, somewhere north of 800 if you want the ship and the uh, two, because they're the $275 packs of figures. Yeah. There's the five POA ones that come with backpacks. Yeah, and then the um, the O ring ones, O ring ones, don't. and I yeah. don't know since those are listed as an add on. Um, are they make? I assume they're making those if the mothership doesn't fund. Like, are those still happening? I'm a little Who, little confused on that. I, I don't think that. I'm not sure. I don't think. I think the whole campaign. I don't think you'd see anything from the whole campaign. Honestly, um, I, I could see that, them. I can see them doing O ring in the future past it but I, i'm not sure how likely we'll see the things that are in this campaign and, going forward. and they're listed as an add-on but you can check out with just those so do you get them like if it does fund i thought it was just for backers 
Uh, you can just check out with them by them by themselves. That's weird. So I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting. I wasn't aware of that. I, I when I spoke to Brian, I'm sure he said to me that they were for backers and when you get okay. them on the on the thing. But I could be wrong. That's interesting if you can get them. Um I think there's there's obviously a number of factors here. The the price for one thing, no matter what it is, is expensive. Um and I'm I'm like that's how much it that's how much it is like to to create for them as a company. Like this thing is huge it's the tooling costs alone are phenomenal if you've done any sort of like work in the toy industry for at any level you'll know that tooling is one of the banes of existence in terms of cost it is absolutely phenomenally high for tooling costs and that is effectively what you i mean look what look at the size of the second thing that like you know, th there's a part on that, that that pretty much is the size of it. Do you know what I mean? If you break it all down into different parts, there is a, a main part that is effectively the width and friggin' and length of that thing. Yeah, like a single part that's going to have to be told at that large of a size. That is that is enormous. That's going to be a large thing to manufacture. Um, there's not even a ton of stuff in the vintage GI Joe line. Whenever it was at full speed that is that size like there are things yeah there's just not a ton of things they broke the flag deck down quite well didn't they um like but it yeah was and I, I think they massive. actually they also didn't have like while while the gi joe line was made in rhode island at that time that was another company that was making the deck for them i think it was like a swimming pool company <laughs> I think. Why does that? Why does that not make? That does not surprise me at all. Like like a company that makes like sandboxes and right. kid, and kiddie pools and things like that. I, yeah, yeah. I think that's who made the deck of the flag, um, because you know they talked about shipping them. Um, Alan Hassenfeld talked about the disaster of there being a wreck and them being all over the place. But but yeah, things that large have always been a challenge to have manufactured, even whenever the the line was running at full speed so this is this is kind of a big deal yeah and also you've got to take into consideration the classified series and how many figures we're getting at the moment in that like in this kind of crunch of the of the of the year so like i just you know you kind of you kind of look at it and you go like people just don't have that disposable income it's just like even at the peak this would have been this you know the peak of people's disposable income this would have been difficult to uh yeah. to, to reach i think um but anyway that's that um I, I, yeah we'll obviously we'll keep you updated and we'll we'll check on it next week as well um we'll even try and get brian on again and, and have a chat with him and see how he feels about the whole situation um yeah we'll uh hopefully get that before the end of the um the actual uh campaign which i believe it's like mid-december 11th of december i want to say um but anyway yes that is that next up then we baroness uh, appeared this image appeared of the react of a reaction target exclusive baroness and some interesting little elements to discuss here pat mm -hmm. uh what what hits you first looking at this figure uh well there's two big things that i want to be sure to mention the, the probably the thing that hit me first though is what i said is that looks like an annihilator gun and Ooh, so yes. i was wondering if we could be seeing uh some stuff some more stuff from like operation dragonfire is what my my thought was because yeah. as far as Deke Baroness goes, that's mainly where she appears, right? 
hundred percent. That is the Deke Baroness Deco, a trillion percent. Well, uh, that's the other thing I wanted to bring up because Philip's in here somewhere, I think, and he always reminds me that the colors that Deke chose, oh, right. they didn't just make them up. Yeah, um, they were referencing the Marvel Comics GI Joe Order of Battle. Order of Battle. Yeah. And so whenever you say things like the Deke Zorana, well, it's kind of Order of Battle Zorana. Deke who, sorry? What? Deke, Deke, Deke who? Zorana. I don't, I don't think you're saying it correctly. I believe it's Zorana. <laughs> I was waiting for you to do it. I kept on cueing you and you were like, no, I was hoping, I, really I was saying it wrong. I was hoping you would say it. Oh, I was no, hoping uh -uh. you'd just try it. No, no? It's, okay. you're the one that does that. So Zorana. I was waiting for you to do it. I didn't know it was you. Yeah. Anyway, we we know the we know the thing. I thought you were teasing well, yourself up for the longest time. Can I just say as well? Uh, shout out to Diana Davis for sneaking in an ever so slight Easter egg for me saying that in every episode for the past however many years we've been doing this now. Um, if you go and check out issue three hundred one, uh, in the back there are a bunch of character profiles. See if you can notice something in one of those character profiles. And if you can, have a lol because uh, Diana had a lot to do with that. Thank you, Diana. Um, I'm just I'm tr just trying to get like silly little things in all different aspects of the G.I. Joe brand right now. Uh, one of them is my name. That was the best one, getting that in there. But then getting a, a cheeky reference that I keep constantly utilizing um, is also awesome. So thanks for that, Diana. Brilliant stuff. But yes, I'm going to go out and say Deke Baroness um, Pat because... As much as I'm sure Super 7 are aware of that fact as well, they're probably looking at it from a let's look at the Deke cartoon kind of scenario. I think they, they definitely are. I just kind of wanted to, to mention that. And even if you look at the Order of Battle Baroness, it is one of those ones where, uh, you know, there's blue, but it looks like it's that comic book version of they're trying to get across black. Right. So they color her with blue highlights. And yeah. I think that... I think Deke took that literally, and so now this is uh, Deke Baroness. And you know, I, I I'm glad she doesn't come with a bag of trash, whatever that is. <laughs> uh, that she comes with the Annihilator gun instead. But I, it does make me wonder what else we may be getting. I, I know that in the past, Brian Flynn has said that they, if they were going to do GI Joe the movie, they would want to build up to that. Yeah. Um, and I kind of wonder if, you know, doing a, a couple of deep waves would be a nice way of uh, doing a test run for <laughs> things themed. Sorry, you said deep waves, and it sounds like you're waving with your deep. Um, sorry, I couldn't help myself. Um, one thing I do want to mention here, though, as well, that some people may not know or may not have noticed, but the the little secondary holster for her pistol there. You can see it right there. You can also see it on the uh, the character model as well, um, sitting across her waist. So they've mm -hmm. definitely taken as many different you know points from the cartoon to uh, to this particular figure, I think. And that is a great yep. point about the Annihilator weapon, mate. That is so cool. So do you think we're going to see more Deke then in the next few waves of reaction? Yeah, the holster, by the way, also in the Order of Battle issue. Oh, okay, um, cool. And yeah, no, I, I think that this is... An, like, if they're going to do a Target exclusive of Baroness, sure, they could be doing it like we, we got the Fun School Snake Eyes and then we didn't get a, like, a whole Fun School wave, you know. But 
I kind of don't think that's the case here. I'm going to guess. <laughs> I'm going to guess that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to guess that we are going to get more Deke. Who is your top want from the Deke cartoon? I think Serpentor would be really cool. Good shout. I'm, my mind's right now in Operation Dragonfire, but there's a lot of fun things that we could get. We could get, hopefully, Evie. Um, oh, yeah. But you got to give a shout out to Metalhead's grandmother. I mean, that has to be in there, right? Granny dearest, absolutely. I don't think that, I don't think that would sell very well at Target, though. <laughs> it wouldn't sell well anywhere. Um, it's funny. That's, that's one of the episodes I, just, I struggle to watch, but would really want the figure. What is wrong with me? Um, yeah, that's hilarious um the bag has the royal crown jewels in it pat i'll have you know thank you figure six pack yeah that oh, was the okay. episode so it wasn't trash i couldn't know they did they stole well kind of is they stole the they kidnapped the queen in it but yeah effectively you were right the first time buddy <laughs> amazing um so anyway yes deke i'm i'm gonna say my biggest one from the deke cartoon is zarana i didn't know it was you is zarana and um, I would say as well, I think Lady J is a good shout because she's got that kind of different green vibe going on. Yeah. Uh, Scarlet is a completely kind of different kind of color palette. I mean, same same vibe, but slightly different tones in the, in the colors chosen. Um, but Zorana, Zorana has got the most awesome deco in that show. It's just beautiful. It Blue, is really nice. Pink. Yeah. It's I, just great. I still honestly, I just kind of want the vintage figure in those colors, though. That's what that's really, I mean, I, I still, as much as I like what, what they're doing, I still just want the old sculpt O ring figure in deep colors. That'd have been, that'd have been a nice touch, wouldn't it? In the trans, in the sound wave thunder machine. Yes. That would have exactly. been a really cool idea. I I'm think. sure there would have been people confused and upset. But uh, like they I... were with Ravage, by the by the way. What? Like people were upset with the color of Ravage in that set, by the way. I don't even know if I've seen people upset about the color of Ravage. I saw a bunch of comments about it. Why is it not black? And I was just like, well, you know, it's 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 the specifically homaging something, and they've thrown it in there to make it a little bit different to what we usually get. But you know, you're always you're never gonna like you're never gonna get everyone liking the same thing at the same time. So that's totally fair. That is Hands absolutely that. true. Yeah. Totally, I'm not gonna you know, of course, people are gonna like one and not the other. It's, it's gonna happen. It's totally fine. Um, yeah. So yeah, that that's that's all the Super Seven news. Um, right, Pat. I believe that's everything now. I think we're finished. Um, that is everything. Yes, we're finished. Absolutely we're finished. Yep. Let's. We're, we're, I say that, but we're not. Before everyone disappears and runs away, we've got some things to talk about in the shout out. So let's do that next. Have you tried Hoarder yet? No? Well, you need to. If you have a collection of things and want to create a fun and easy way of organising it and, of course, showing it off, then get involved. You can post items and build collections and you can drop a status like getting a fun delivery or seeing some awesome related stuff on your travels. Build your collections with Hoarder. The app is free to download on Google Play and the App Store. So what are you waiting for? Get to hoarding. Yeah, do it. Now, shout outs. Pat, um, what are they? Uh, shout out, as always, to Philip. I have been busy editing this week. So uh, 
apologies to him that I'm not done yet, but you know, I'm, I've got my nose to the grindstone. I got a lot of irons in the fire, a lot of uh, things on the burners, all the uh, various ways that I can uh, express that I'm busy. But you I got am, a lot of iron grenadiers in the burnouts, a lot of char brawls in the barbecues, that kind of yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, cool. A lot of ice cream soldiers and some other stuff. What's right. coming? What, what's coming? <laughs> yeah, I uh, hopefully uh, soon a, a talking point for articulated points. That oh, you, you know, it's, it's, is it going to be a complete surprise for everybody? Well, yes, it'll be a surprise to me, depending on what what we get done. So that's why I'm <laughs> not going to tell you what it's going to be because you know we we've worked on a few things and Amazing. it's going to be one of those. Brilliant! I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, right. So that is um, that's Phil. Um, next up, shout out to me and Kate. Yeah, and Phoebes. We bought a house. We've got a house. How crazy is that? Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's a, the back of our it's house. It's a big step. Yes. It, well, I mean, not three... a step to the house. It's a big, <laughs> a big, a big move in life. That is a big step behind us. Um, yeah, that's the back of our house. It's amazing. It's gorgeous. We're very, very excited. Can't wait to move in. I was just um, going to say, if you moved in. Yeah, uh, Monday, we move in properly. But okay. we've been slowly shifting stuff over since we closed earlier in the week. So, yeah, that's uh, very, very excited. Can't wait. And we're going to have a new full force HQ. Um, very excited. And, uh, yeah, just wanted to throw that in. Shout out to my lovely wife, Kate, and the little Phoebes. Um, we can't wait. Phoebes loves it. She loves the yard. It's a massive yard. Oh, so, so much fun. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, she was. She gets all excited when we go over there, and she just runs, walks around the house, checking everything. Snip. She loves the place, so very happy that she likes it. Um, and the neighbors are really nice as well, which is fantastic. So uh, yeah, can't wait for all that jazz. Uh, and then being a homeowner now, going forward, never going to have any free time or money ever again. I believe is the uh, what happens with that situation. But anyway. Massive shout out. Awesome, brilliant, cool, fantastic. Moving on. And also shout out to the US and the UK family, of course, as always. Um, to Brian Sauer for doing our amazing graphics. Um, and I, I, don't, I've got any, I don't think I've got any cold slither stuff. Uh, not cold slither, some assembly required stuff. But there is one little element I suppose we can talk about with you cold slither. beans, yeah. The next is picture. the Lost Demo CD, which is available on um the link in the description um which is actually in there i think um but you can always find it on the uh, codename iowa facebook page on any of the we've, we've made posts about it as well um effectively on there is a track that i produced for word burglar so we did another track together very excited to work with him again and uh, as you can imagine it is cold slither related uh, go check it out have you heard it pat uh it's right behind me here there it is. And he's wearing the T-shirt yeah. as well. And he's wearing the T-shirt. Yeah, I I did listen to it. Um, and uh, it. I realized that I had a big white blank spot behind my head when we were doing the last episode. So I needed to put something up in there. And that's that's what's there. Good work. Um, oh, Charlotte says, that's currently in the player in my truck. It's ridiculous and a lot of fun. Thank you very much, Charlotte. Appreciate that. Um, Robert Page loves Codenomio stuff. Yeah, same. Absolutely. Um, right, yeah, that's that's all that to be done, I think. Next up, shout out to Skeletron, who oh. revealed this wonderful Alex Hawley artwork for the Gaia Viper figure and, of course, the production sample um, of the figure in package as well. 
really cool to get uh, the Gary goggles head sculpt going on here as well, Pat, as well. I mean, lots of levels to how cool this is. For sure. I um I, I actually, whenever this that was shown, I went back to my email to make sure that I'd ordered two of those. <laughs> yeah. And you so did, I hope. I did. Yeah. I ordered two of the uh Gary the of this one, and then there's a six inch one as well. And I've I have two of both coming. Awesome. So yeah, this is the four inch figure, as you it's quite right to, to point out. Um, and it's the carded sample. Very all very awesome stuff. Excited to see even more stuff. From Skeletron, uh, Charlotte says, Skeletron folks are awesome. Uh, got to meet them at Assembly Required as well. They are awesome. It's a great team. Yeah, they um, had this figure there. So I, I got to see it in person. It's 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 amazing. It looks really good. Yeah, I'm really impressed with what they're doing. And I also got another cheeky little uh, image sent uh, the other day, which is top secret. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to see what's what's happening with uh, Skeletron and the RoboSkull Mark II and all of the amazing figures that are going to come with it. My God, that is one hell of a campaign. Um, yeah, so and apparently still basically in the same situation delivery-wise that they gave us that update uh, a while back on. So they're, they're sticking to that that particular time frame at the current, as, as it is at the moment. So yeah, really excited to see this coming, coming to fruition. Um, also, as I said before, Soundwave Dreadnought Thunder Machine with Zartan and Zarana are now shipping. And there you can see the blue Ravage. Look. Um, and the Zarana, the Zarana that Pat doesn't want, um, he wants a Deke one. Um, <laughs> I'm really wondering about that Zartan, though. If you look at it, they've, they've you know painted the chest. I'm thinking that that... I wonder if that chest plate comes off because really what would be the point if they're if they know that they're never going to use that tooling to make uh color change flesh right, right. what would be the point in having his vest come off so you might as well make it part of it but then you're going to need to color it maybe both parts come apart and it's like a I don't know you never know you could be a naked yeah. under that yeah that's true I'll ask BMAC and see what he says um <laughs> <laughs> so or that's I'll just how, well, wait and get it in the mail. Yeah, and we'll see the we'll see the images very shortly as well. I imagine yeah. uh, another thing: the seven eighty eight fire team has been delayed to December the fifteenth for a few people. So uh, I think that's pretty much across the board. It looks like. Um, so uh, yeah, just be aware of that and check for emails if you've pre-ordered on that particular set. Just so you know, that's happened. Um, also, massive shout out to Kickley who's been posting some gorgeous GI Joe artwork. Here's another one. Uh, that popped up this week, and that's the Tomahawk with uh, Leatherneck, Mainframe, Beachhead, and I think a generic a generic green shirt of some description there, Pat, would you say? I would assume, yeah, that makes sense. But very awesome. Looks great. Love this. I love this particular image. And this one as well. How good is this, mate? Yeah, this one's, this one's a lot of fun. I... Uh, Maybe uh, sci-fi may be a little overpowered in this image, but <laughs> it doesn't matter because the fun of what's going on in this, it's just a very dynamic, dynamic uh, picture. I love it. My like my thought process, my narrative here is that the he started the laser firing very early on in the process and it's quite, it's in the distance and it's just heating up and heating up and, you know, obviously focusing it on the night rave. And as it gets closer and closer, it just starts to give... And then, and then just you know, gives right at the last minute. I just it just looks awesome. It's so much fun, like you say. 
And um, yeah, really just, I, I love the, what I just love what he does. And I think Diana's right here. Uh, I, I would also love a, a book of Joe art from Kickley. I think that would be a really, that'd be cool, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just specifically, that'd be fantastic. Um, yeah, cool. Okay. And that's, oh yeah. One more thing. We're on Instagram now. Yay. Took, it took us a lot a while, but we are there and we will be posting uh, stuff, you know, as, as often as we can. So, um, and we're also, we're also doing, we all are also venturing into more social networks as well, believe it or not. So um, look for, I think next week we'll have an update on another uh, addition to the family of social networks, which sucks for me because I have to keep producing content yeah. for all of it. Yeah. Are you so, just busy cross posting or some, do you have something that handles all of that or? No, it's all me. Everything oh. you see is all me, That's ladies crazy. and gentlemen. Yes. So um, I'm going to have to start. I'm literally going to have to start um, <laughs> like freaking hiring people to do this stuff, I think. Um, and by hire, I mean to get them to do it for free. I'm just kidding, is it? No, it's not going to be Tinder Viper Scout, but that's hilarious. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Full force! <laughs> swipe right, swipe left. I don't know which way to swipe. Um, anyway, yeah, go check it out. It's fun. The Full Force podcast. We, we, I mention it at the end of the video as well, but that's fun. Anyway, that's it for another stonking episode. Thank you to all our wonderful support, all of you wonderful double effers, for the patrons, for the for all of you guys in the comments. Uh, it's, it's not that one either, Viper Scout. I'm not even saying that one out loud. Um, it's Naked HD is uh, the... the that's the next one we're doing. We've given in and we're going to just do Naked HD. Just kidding. He's right here and he's been here the whole time. Pat, thank you very much, dude, for um, for joining me again, my man. Thanks for having me on, as always. I really appreciate uh, appreciate being on this. It's a lot of fun. Dude, always. Um, I mean, you know, technically you're, you're part of the furniture. So... <laughs> You okay. have to be. You have to be here. Otherwise, where's anyone? Where's everyone going to sit? Nowhere, because you're part of the furniture. Anyway, have a great weekend. Um, yeah, I'm going to be busy, but it's going to be fun. Anyway, I don't care all the house stuff that happens. But you know, I'm not going to. Oh, that'll be a fun. You're, you're going to have a good week. It's going to be decisions and excitement. It's it's going to be a good. Week. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be work is what it's going to be, but I can't right. wait. Anyway. Yeah. We've got lots more content coming for you as well. Uh, just, you know, enjoy and soak it all in. Uh, stay fresh cheese bags. And after three, you know the deal. Up one, two, three. Full force. See you later. Make sure you get involved with the discussion by liking, sharing and commenting on these videos and as always you can keep up with the show after listening by following on X, formerly Twitter, at The Full Force, liking the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Full Force. We've also added a brand new Instagram so check us out there as well at The Full Force Podcast and if you would like to contact the show you can message us on any of those platforms with feedback and questions. We also have a Patreon page so if you want to show your support for the show, see your name up in lights on these videos or enjoy exclusive bonus content then check out patreon.com forward slash the full force podcast or click on the link on any of the posts this podcast appears in full force